My dad turned 96 June 4th. Born in Houston, the birthplace of Juneteenth, the oh by the way you're free anniversary. June 19th, 1865, two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation, Major General Gordon Granger issued the order informing the state of Texas that all slaves were free. Let's get this party started. Like everything else these days, my dad's birthday was a drive-by party. Some friends drove by his house in Los Angeles, blowing their horns and yelling happy birthday with balloons streaming from their cars. Relatives gathered on the front yard as he opened what turned out to be his favorite gift. A basketball. My sister Charlotte sent me a video of him rising from the seat on his high-test walker and shuffling the ball around his body between his legs, then sitting back down, exhilarated, exhausted. That's him, 73 years ago, with my mom on their wedding day, September 1st, 73 years ago. They're still going strong. I kept waiting for him to take a few dribbles to his right, jab, step forward, and take his patented one-handed jump shot, swish, nothing but net. In the divine imagination, those shots are still going in at 96, even if that is no longer possible in his frail human body. That's our terrain these days, maybe any days, any era, any moment, that sacred space between the divine and human, between divine promise and human possibility, between heaven and earth, between what can be and what is. Take Sarah. Was she a hundred? The writer never tells us. Says Abraham was a hundred, but there's no mention of Sarah's age. But let's not even go there. She was old, way older than a woman used to be bearing children. She was oh, uh, so old and childless, the matter was settled. Sarah's story is one of those stories that is about one thing, but reveals so much more. Sarah is listening to the men talk. We're always talking, aren't we? Men talking. In James McBride's book, Deacon King Kong, put it on your list. The names of the characters are great. Hot Sausage, the black super in a NYCHA building, calls white men always men. It's a slick double entendre, don't you think? Men, always, being men, always men. Who else? Making decisions, defining truth, legislating on their terms, talking definitively about others, carving up the world, setting prices, taking other people's stuff, land, music, starting wars, men, always, always men. Sarah can't be in the tent where it happens. So she's listening outside and hears she's going to have a child. And here we are again at that sacred space, the absurd disproportion between divine promise and human possibility, as one scholar put it, swish. Sarah laughing, 
holy laughter at what God promises and she and we can't believe is possible. Me have a child at my age? And more than that, get ready sister, down the line, that child is our future. And stay with me here because you know what that means, that far into the future, 40 begats later, it means that any child, that every child is heir to this promise, is hope for our future. It means that black lives matter. Because these children painted black are the children of impossibility, of centuries of slavery, suffering at the hands of always men, a ruling, privileged, white elite, where one people structures society so that it perpetually privileges them and those like them, wrote Brian Blunt, Union Presbyterian Seminary's president in Richmond, Virginia. Are we going to get there to enflesh this nation with the democracy in the, in the documents and the blood that gave it birth? To overcome the deeply embedded systems and structures that breed white supremacy and privilege? We shall, shall we overcome? Is there a deep well of laughter? in our future. Some sunny June 19th, near the summer solstice, the stark whiteness of our past covered by the warmth of celestial rays, the barbecue pit blazing, and all the colors of our humanity gathered round, telling new stories of hope for tomorrow, singing our song of inclusivity and justice, Always men humbled by the shouts of protest. No justice, no peace. And the signs telling our truth. Those posters at all those rallies. I can't breathe. Eight minutes to kill a black man, three days to arrest a murderer. How many weren't filmed? Black. Trans lives matter. Racism is the pandemic. Karen, you have the power to stop this. Legalize melanin. We are sacred. And my favorite, enough. Can we make democracy real, black lives mattering, children of the divine promise free to be in the providence of God, he, she, they, there. Can the news of freedom, though late, be true? Can we laugh like Sarah at the promises of God and give birth to our hope in every generation? Guido, and Deacon King Kong said, everything you are, everything you will be in this cruel world depends on your word. A man cannot keep his word, he's worthless. So you see him fumbling? Is that a Bible? It's a Bible.
worthless. Not the Bible, the always man, the dominator of space, the tweeter of lies. To serve and protect, worth what? A nation that cannot keep its word is worthless. Oh, say, can you see? Worthless. The Star Bangled Banner. I never did like that old lion, lollygagging, hypocritical, warring ass drinking song with the bombs bursting in air and so forth. That's heady from Deacon King Kong. If Colin can't kneel, Trump can't stand. Crest has been shown to be an effective decay preventive denifrice that can be of significant value when used in a conscientiously applied program of oral hygiene and regular professional care. I memorized that in my childhood. I didn't memorize this. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America, worthless until the meaning of we grows into a posterity that includes everybody. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Beloved Slater, Tamir Rice, Jesus. He'd still be too young to vote on November 3rd if he hadn't been killed for playing in a park by himself while black. The Emancipation Proclamation is on the record. The word is out, even in Texas, but the work of freedom is incomplete. Frederick Douglass said often, the legacy of black people in America could be traced like that of a wounded man through a crowd by the blood. I almost titled this sermon free, but still bleeding. That legacy in this nation is being added to by 1,000 black lives that matter, taken every year, killed by police officers ever since that statistic has been kept. A trail of blood too red, too long. Is it too late? I don't think so. I know you don't either. The epistle lectionary for today is Romans 5. First five verses. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast 
in our hope of sharing in the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. We're in a sacred space-time. Can't you feel it? Like the promises of God and what we mere humans might be able to affect are coming together. We want a new legacy of love, radical love, you call it here at Middle. And that is what we are seeing in the streets these days. Love in all that anger and frustration. Love, radical love. Love that risks tear gas, always men, rubber bullets, COVID-19, a restless, energized, persistent, intergenerational, international, multicolored, gendered and transgendered love that we pray will transform our society until our systems and structures serve all, until we, the people, is worth something because it means all God's people. Oh yes, brothers and sisters, kin of all kinds. Oh yes, all God's people because it's never too late to laugh. Amen.